In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 25th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons came through with a 34-31 victory over the Seattle Seahawks Monday night here in Seattle at CenturyLink Field. Falcons had to hold on to the end and watch Blair Wash's 52-yard field goal come up short. It was a big win for the Falcons, and we're going to look at five reasons uh, uh, why this game was important or five things that happened in the game. One, the tiebreakers. Two, we'll hear from Ryan, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones on how big of a win. We'll take a walk through the stack corner coming out of this game. And then we'll look at a bizarre play from Seattle coach Pete Carroll who tried a fake field goal right before halftime. And then just a little bit about Tampa Bay because uh, we'll, you know, handle them on uh, Wednesday uh, for the 26th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. But big win for the Falcons. They needed the tiebreaker over Seattle. Uh, both teams are now 6-4. and four. Seattle is chasing the St. Louis Rams in the NFC West. The Rams are 7-3 and three now after their loss to Minnesota. But when you take a look at the big picture of the NFC uh, right now, the Falcons have the sixth seed heading into the 11th game of the season. But they have an impressive list of pelts on the wall over some of the group of teams that are chasing them. Green Bay, Dallas, Detroit, and Seattle, all five and five or six and four, or in Detroit's case, seven and three. Uh, the Falcons have the head to head tiebreaker over those teams heading into their game against Tampa Bay on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Well, let's just hear from uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones coming out of the game here. Big was this win for the Falcons today, holding on against Seattle. Yeah, it was a good win for us. I mean, obviously, this is a tough place to come um, and, and a tough football team to beat. They're, they're very competitive and play very tough, so uh, we're happy with it. We had a great effort from, from all three phases, and uh, we'll enjoy it tonight. And the key to success on third down for you all today? I thought it was just beating man-to-man coverage, mm-hmm. uh, having the mindset to be accurate with the football for me and having the mindset at the wide receiver position of just beating their man. Thanks, Matt. You got it. it. Thank you. Yeah, Matt Ryan pointed out uh, it was a big win for the team. They were, uh, you know, we'll do some more in the stack corner on, on going 6-14 on third downs. None bigger than the one in the fourth quarter to Julio Jones for a 29-yard pickup on third and five to uh, take the Falcons from their own 42 deep into Seattle's territory. Here's some Julio Jones. 
How big was this one, uh, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, of how y'all got it done, came out, got a big lead, and then had to hold on uh, down the stretch? Um, it was good just because it was the next game. Like, you know, uh -huh. all these, all these, all these games are, are, are big wins. You, know, you get a win in the first, a big win. You know, because it was the next game. <coughs> but um, yeah, it's just you know a lot of adversity and things like that. All that stuff is gonna come about in games. You know, um, it's about it's just about the brotherhood. You know, we don't give we don't give up on, on anyone. You know, if, if, if it's on special teams, offense, defense, or something happens, you know, we're just going to support one another, one another and just go out there and, and get it. All right. Thanks, Julio. All right. All right. So, we covered the tiebreakers. Talked to Matt Ryan and Julio. Third here on the 25th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Let's take a walk over to the stat corner. A couple key stats coming out of this game. Uh, was able to put together, we kind of tipped off the 6 for 14 on third downs. I thought Justin Hardy did a good job there. He had two that he picked up early on uh, when, you know, Seattle was determined to take Julio away. Justin Hardy was free, and he made uh, a couple third down catches. He had a chance at a third one, but couldn't haul that one down. So third downs were key. Uh, I think defensively, just it was going to be a tough day getting after uh, Seattle's run game and then getting after Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, they chased him around as best they could, and the numbers turned out pretty good. And Grady Jarrett was um, at the forefront of this, had three sacks, five tackles for losses, and eight quarterback hits. Uh, the sacks were by Takaris McKinley, uh, Kamal Ishmael, and Grady Jarrett. Those were the three sacks. And the uh, tackles for losses, they had five. Grady had two of those. Ishmael had one. Trufant had one. Desmond Trufant. Uh, and uh, Don Terry Poe had a tackle for loss. And now the eight hits, the only person who's in all three categories, well, no, Ishmael is too. But uh, Grady Jarrett had three quarterback hits. McKinley had two. Ishmael had one. Poe had one, and Adrian Claiborne had one. So uh, Ish coming off of the, the blitz on the linebacker was very important today uh, for the Falcons. And also Grady Jarrett with the sack, two tackles for losses, and three quarterback hits. He also had another big play that we'll talk about that individually. So the Falcons did get the turnover battle here, too. They did win that 2-1. to one. Uh, Desmond Trufant had an interception, and then you had the, the Takaris McKinley, Courtney Upshaw, and Claiborne touchdown play where Tack had the sack. Upshaw came in and cleaned up Russell Wilson, and Claiborne picked it up and took it in for a 10-yard touchdown. So, you know, those were the two turnovers for the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons gave one back with a muff punt. Looks like... Uh, Andre Roberts lost his footing uh, or something or another and couldn't get on top of the ball. And then Tedrick Thompson recovered it. We have to uh, ask Andre what happened there on that play. Uh, didn't see him in the locker room after the game. One of the bizarre players of the game was a uh, fake, fake field goal with seven seconds to go in the first half. Uh, 35-yard makeable field goal. This play will come back to haunt uh, the Seahawks, but they thought they had spotted something on the film. 
uh, and uh, flipped the ball up to uh, Luke Wilson. And uh, Grady, Grady Jarrett busted through the line and sacked them. Minus four-yard loss. Uh, their little trickeration did not work. Uh, they were counting on that play, busting all the way open, and it did not. And uh, Coach Pete Carroll was asked about that after the game. And here's what Pete Carroll said. I'm going to read you this from the quote sheet because I was over in the Falcons locker room. But uh, uh, the quote sheet provided by the Seahawks says, uh, on the field goal at the end of the first half, what happened? And Pete Carroll says, it would have been a really good call if we would have made it. It was something we saw that we wanted to do. It was a terrific opportunity right where we wanted it. The defensive tackle made a better play. He wasn't supposed to be there. That was Grady Jarrett. Sniffed Sniffed out the fake and blew it up. And perhaps maybe uh, saved uh, the Falcons uh, some three points off the board there and uh, may have won the game right there at halftime. So, Falcons 6-4 and four have some momentum now. Head of steam going to a three-game homestand at, at, at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They'll have Tampa Bay coming in with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I saw from our guy Rick Stroud. Down in uh, Tampa already that the uh, Bucks have ruled out Jameis Winston. So we'll see Ryan Fitzpatrick. And uh, uh, that's their backup quarterback. Then after that, the Falcons play the Minnesota Vikings with Case Keenum. And that crew that uh, Coach Zimmer will be bringing to Atlanta. And then the Thursday night game against the Saints. So the Falcons finally have their legs under them. They have some momentum going here with two wins over Dallas and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But more importantly, they have those tiebreakers in their back pocket over Green Bay, Dallas, Detroit, and Seattle. And, uh, you know, now it's going to come down to these games in the division, starting with Tampa Bay on Sunday at 1 p.m. at the Georgia Dome. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 25th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We want to thank you for subscribing and going to iTunes and the AJC's new podcast page to listen to the Bowtie Chronicles. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.